It's in uh, progress. It always tells us it's in progress. It recording in progress. Yes. Yeah. Welcome, everybody, to this most recent episode of the Unbelievers podcast. If you have seen me post on LinkedIn how past Friday the episode did not happen, th this would be the one. <laughs> Which you sort of... Well, yeah, we... <clears throat> This would be one of the reasons because we got into the discussion about value in most things, and it's a lot broader than our discussion yeah. was a lot broader than in marketing or <laughs> consulting services. However, we got, we we got completely sidetracked. Yeah, I agree. Um, we realize there's actual, coincidentally, value in making this something about professional services and you know marketing consultancies and things like that. But before that. Let's queue for Dakota. From the home offices of Ash and Flow, this is Unbillable Hours, a podcast about professional services marketing. Stick around and listen to our insights, tips, and best practices to improve your firm's marketing and even your career. Yes, and here we are again. And and this time we do it and yep. remain as best we can. So the episode title adds, if you haven't seen it in your player, because there's randomly other place for you, is uh, communicating uh, let's value. Let's be honest, Flo, just as a side, that our episode names are just what we like as episode names. They don't necessarily, they're not the most SEO friendly <laughs> yeah, it's always it's always a progressive form or a gerund or whatever. And then it's a two word title. I'm trying to keep yes. it out. It's, yeah, I don't know but, why. I just yeah. have OCD about it now. It has to be that and it can't be different. Sorry. Yes. So now <laughs> we are jumping into communicating value because yeah. this is actually quite important. It's important and you can tell it's important because you probably hear it a lot, right? If you work in consulting, yes. it's all about leading with value, providing value, adding value. Value, all props, that stuff. all that stuff. Yeah. Um, and it is, we, and I, we agree, right? So we, it is important for particular reasons, right? Yeah, and, I mean... And... Yeah, go on. No, you go. I So here's the thing. We discussed this ages ago when we were talking about things like the brand pyramid and stuff, that value of what, you know, of what you're offering is, of your brand, of any of these things, it's subjective. Each person who is yeah. higher up in the organization has their own view of what it is. And now when it comes to intangible stuff like services, yeah, like consulting exactly. and things like that, unless you actually get consensus, unless you actually get everyone together and say, this is the value that we bring to our client. This is the value that we take to the yeah. market. If you go, don't have any of those things, you are essentially just yeah. putting stuff out there and it does not make a lot of sense because <laughs> you could be saying that you are the fastest digital transformation company possible while also saying that you are the most thorough procedural transformation company and these two things can be accurate at the same time yeah. they're not connected and i really like how you framed it there because i hadn't even thought about this but you're right because you just said you, the way you framed it is you're, you're talking about how are how aligned are we internally right yeah how, how much are we singing from the same songbook this is the actual value we provide and that is fully correct and i hadn't thought about this because there's two sides to this right we need to make sure there's internal alignment like this is the value we bring Mm -hmm. And we have to make sure that the same alignment or the same consensus exists on the client side, right? Because yes. everybody in the room has to think about this is going to be the value of this particular engagement. Because if that's not the case, 
the, the engagement will not fail or you will not necessarily lose the pitch. You could still win it, but there is friction there. And so that is why we want to communicate value to clarify and to specify and all these kinds of things. Yeah, I mean, uh, an easy example, if you want to say, and not an easy, a somewhat relevant example would be like, you could basically be pushing out that you are one of the best cloud transformation companies, but you'd be probably doing some niche cloud service or you'd be doing something from a bigger partner that's not majorly known for doing cloud stuff and then yeah the client is confused because they see this is your partner and then yeah. they see this is your service and they're not fully aware you have to provide that value you have to connect the statements that you're setting out externally so that the market the client the audience in general understands this is what they bring to the table. Yeah. And we are we're doing this podcast episode about it because if it was straightforward and easy, you wouldn't have to do it. But it's tricky, right? Communicating value yeah. sounds easy, but for the very reason we just stated, it's subjective. It'll always be outside of our control for a little bit. It is quite tricky. And a lot of work has to go into it. And we'll dive deep into what the work specifically is. But I think, and you alluded to this, if we sell consulting services, there are some extra hurdles in place. You mentioned that the service is intangible. So the inherent value of work I do as a consultant for you is by definition, probably questionable, right? Mm -hmm. You could perceive it differently than I do. I think it existed forever in large corporations that there is doubt around the value of consultancy services, right? Everybody, anybody in the in a, in a corporate group might feel like, why do we even need consulting here? Can't we do this on our own, right? So th th these types of discussions, so that has existed forever. And the recipes for overcoming that have existed forever. But I think, and this is where you and I got sidetracked last time, there is also something we, we, we discussed last time that I think you can observe that some of these old ways of fixing these issues are losing their efficacy because the because doubts are on the rise, I don't know if that's a fair. Is that a fair no, actually, way? Actually, you know, it's a very fair thing. It's not like I know on here you just put the economic climate, but it's the socio political economic climate. If you basically, yeah, you basically bring the whole pestle analysis here because here's the thing: you're a massive company, for instance. You service all sorts of clients. Now you are servicing completely environmentally unfriendly clients while also pushing out the message of sustainability. So basically, you are now doing a massive transformation on companies that have no... <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> legally, we're not saying you do that, but some of yeah. the firms you work with yeah. might, right? There might be this stretch between, yes. yes, we work for, I don't know, British Petroleum, but we also have a sustainability message, all these kinds of... Yes, yeah, and, and exactly. what yeah. essentially <laughs> happens there is the clients, and now there's a lot of smaller companies that are becoming bigger companies that are working primarily on the, with the promises of environmental sustainability and stuff like that. Now, their transformation work is not going to be that different, probably, that they need compared to these big companies. But when they have to get these work done, they do need to make announcements. And if yeah. they are suddenly making an announcement that they're working with this extremely unfriendly company to the environment, why they're pushing all their environment sustainability image they're not going to work with you because yeah. and, uh, they're not going to work with you just by default. It'll take a lot of convincing to get there. Yeah. And yeah. if and you I, 
get your value aspect right if you know how to mm. get these things properly you can then get these kinds of things you, you can't just expect that just because you're x in a space if it, you know you'll get something if you don't align. yeah yeah just so because you say just because you're saying it doesn't make it so right yeah. just because you're saying we are diverse we're inclusive we're green we're flexible we are blah blah, blah. and yeah that is because like you said it there's sort of undercurrents in the wider culture people have the perspectives people have on certain things, corporate messaging, the way companies behave, the way our economy works, there is a lack of trust, pretty widespread now. You can find this in lots of services. There's a fair degree of criticism and cynicism even. And then there's also more specifically to our industry, there's questions around certain types of consulting. I mean, we've all read the headlines of all these scandals of public sector consulting, right? where certain firms got into the headlines for conflicts of interest, all that type of stuff. So there's more and more question marks and, and there's much more need to not just say something, but actually show it, actually prove it and, and actually make it clear. So we, we'll maybe get back to that. And just one, sorry, I don't want to drag us on a tangent forever again, but just one side note here. I don't know if you've seen the Mother Nature Needs a Status Update commercial or whatever oh, it was Apple put out. Just really quickly, place. because that is to showcase what I mean. Is. So Apple put out a video where it's sort of a dramatized version of them giving their ESG report to a literal Mother Nature, like an impersonated Mother Nature. And they start out all kinds of stats uh, about their energy consumption, their footprint, and so forth. Sort of almost impressing hers. It's, it's actually, as a, as a piece of marketing, you could say it's quite well done. And I heard, I read that a lot. People were like, oh, this is fantastic. It's so creative and so forth. But honestly, in my circle of friends, a lot of people in, in private conversations said, goodness, this is so cringeworthy, right? Like half the mining economy in, in, in wherever the, the minerals come from, the Congo, whatever, is for iPhones. And we, so this is my point is here exactly this, is putting out something like this is not, we can't equivalent that with communicating value anymore. They're trying, but people mm -hmm. know better. And this means that you have to do better as a corporation. Otherwise, you might run into the, the suspicion or the criticism that you're actually trying to paint over something. And greenwash. Uh, this, to greenwash something. Like people have understood that ESG is by and large just accounting, right? And net zero, while being a nice idea, becomes very difficult once you really let's not, let's not digress let's not too much, but that's that's yeah. all because of the stuff going on with cop but let's get back on yeah topic. So to, sorry yeah. yeah you're right so to dial this back in so what we wanted to say is communicating value has always been tricky because it's always in par partly out of our control it's even trickier now because and for good reasons there's a lot of criticism cynicism questions and so forth coming your way once you start talking about value as you see it or as you would like others to see it as well. So keeping all this in mind, how then do you go about it with, let's say, with integrity in a way that is effective, right? I think. And uh, yeah, you and I, we listed three bullet points here, right? And this, by the way- I have a fourth is... one, but let's go through the three. Yeah, sorry. I just wanted to say, if this sounds a little bit philosophical or impractical, bear with us. We're just trying to give a few principles you could apply to anything, whether that's writing a sales pitch presentation, whether updating copy on the website or whether revising your marketing strategy for the next year. It's just, it's that level of sort of first principles. All right. So communicating value so that it works. What's the first principle, Ash? Do you want to take that one? 
Yeah, you need to essentially tie it to your outcomes. Quantifiably, I think that's possible, not just if you can, as you're in there. You can tie your value to quantifiable outcomes. This way, you when you're talking about, say you're saying our main thing is to deliver digital transformation to X, Y, Z. You're also talking about how you're delivering it. So how fast, how efficient, the best in class, what's the benefit? Yeah, That is not the only thing there. The benefit is your transformation will happen, blah, 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 blah. That's fine. But you need to talk about how you do it specifically in, yeah. in this value thing. I know it gets into the third point, but it is very important when you are specifying value to tie it to a quantifiable outcome because yeah. at the end of the day, you're going to be measured against KPIs and SLAs and all the productivity. Yeah, and there's, so if you can quantify that stuff, so don't just say, oh, we help your team do X and Z so they can be faster, but say, okay, on average, we reduce the time to value for this type of implementation yeah. by 30%. That's one of the ideas. And then I think, I don't mean to spend too much time on the Apple thing, but just coming back, in the video of theirs, they, for example, state a figure by how much they reduced their corporation's water consumption, some billion liters figure. That to me is a deliverable, right? Just to stay in the example. Yeah, so in, in Had they tied it to outcomes, they would have spoken about, okay, this means that if we grow production by 20% this year, our water consumption will stay flat. Right? That's, the, that's the idea. And I think it, it leads into our second point. So if I can just take it and run with it. Yeah, which yeah, is, yeah. go ahead. In order for you to be able to tie the work you do, the value you propose to outcomes with a straight face, right? So without just making stuff up or overpromising, you have to really contextualize what you're saying. So in Apple's case, whatever the number of billions of liters of water is they're saving, what does it even mean mm -hmm. in context of their operations? In case of the point we made about time to value, well, for what kind of software implementation, what kinds of clients, what kind of time frame? So we have to be we have to be in context, and we have to be as clear as you can be there as well. Otherwise, mm -hmm. it's just a big number, and people will understand that you're putting it forth because you have heard once that big numbers tend to impress people. This is no longer yeah. The case. contextualization needs to be done with let's put it this way i always like bringing up contextualization needs to be done in conjunction with the pestle stuff because you are contextualizing your internal yeah. stuff to an external thing which is yeah. not owned by your firm. no it should be the yeah you're right it should be you should we should speak about outcomes in the context of the client if you're in a specific pitch or in our marketing material in the context of our ideal client right but yeah. someone reading your marketing copy, yeah. yeah, someone reading your marketing copy should say, oh, that's me. And the outcome these guys are promising to me, that seems ambitious, but feasible, whatever, right? So yeah. we will give you an example to make it a little bit more practical at the end, but let's do the, let's knock out the, the third bullet point first, which, which goes well with the contextualizations, right? You also need not to, to not just contextualize stuff, but you also need to specify, right? To say... And that means be very clear about why is this valuable, right? So, sorry, when do you need it? Like, I get this again, goes back to the context, right? When would you buy this type of service? When would you need this type of value? Why is this actually valuable? And then how do we deliver it? So this again goes about being clear and being specific, but okay.
Okay. And we can do some examples maybe. To I, make I do want to say there is actually a fourth point. Then you need to tell the story without talking too much about like, yeah, <clears throat> like what you need to do is you need to groundedly tell the story in a grounded way. What you should do is like, this is our value. This is how we do it. And this is what you get. And how when what all the specification specificity comes there in the yeah. story do not greenwash it wash it whatever do not wash it too much in marketing speak make sure that you're talking about what you have delivered how and how you have delivered value yeah like the other things can be mentioned as a subtle thing not as the headline so, and this is, by the way, I'm just uh, sorry, I have to come back to the Apple thing because it's a good example. You're exactly right. The storytelling is, is very important. And this is where they did excellent work, right? Because the, yeah. the videos the, as such, this dramatization, this, instead of giving people just a report telling the story, like if I put the link to the video in the show notes so people can see, yeah. it essentially tells the story of, of the group meeting being very nervous because they know they have to report to mother nature and then mother nature is essentially grilling them so it's an emotionally charged nice little uh, i think two three minutes i story. would say it's 50 50 because of all the reasons that you said above earlier because they did communicate the value but they did push the messaging of how they are you know very environmentally friendly the whole thing should have been framed as a vehicle of we are doing all of these things, yeah. framing it too much in the other sense can give a an issue of trust because it's a delicate balance. Don't go too yeah. far and don't do too less. Yeah, know so, your balance in your space. Yeah, but but this is what I would say: is the storytelling ten out of ten points. The other elements which we've touched upon. So how clear are they about outcomes? How well contextualized is it, and how specific are they? not so great marks, which then in the end sort of that ruins the results for many people, a very clearly transparent comment, including myself. So I saw this and I was like, oh, this is great advertising, but hmm, this is my reaction, right? And I heard from many people who felt the same. So do you want to talk about how we do it before we bring up examples? No, I just wanted to to maybe because I've been spent so much time with the Apple thing. So if, if you talk about tying stuff to outcomes, contextualizing the value you deliver, and specifying it. We, we we gave you two examples. So one example from a very big firm, and this is where I, you know, I really do this, but directly speak about Accenture and the work I've done there. Accenture has a business unit that back when I was there, was called Industry X as a group that provided digital transformation solutions, consulting solutions to large manufacturers. So industrial equipment, consumer goods, manufacturing. So if, if you had a factory and you were interested in digital transformation, we had some stuff for you. And the value proposition there was very contextualized because, and I can put another link in the show notes, the mess, the outside messaging talked about digitalizing the things you produce, right? So adding a connectivity in a software layer to, for example, industrial machinery, and then also digitalizing the ways in which you produce them. So digitalizing the, your manufacturing of those, of these industrial machines. So and that's, if you think about it, is a very contextualized and specific kind of digital transformation because it's only relevant if you are a manufacturer of a certain size and you have a certain category of widgets you produce, right? So that lends themselves yeah. to this type of approach. The business unit also had a fairly specific and specifiable value proposition. So they were all about improving your productivity, improving your margins, 
and improving your ability to innovate. That was the broad umbrella messaging, but we could go to a very to specific clients and Fortune 500 manufacturer and give them specific numbers, right? Mm -hmm. X percent, Y percent, Z percent along those axes. I think that messaging has changed a little bit since then because Accenture overhauled their overall value messaging. That's a whole story of a different point. But I think it's a, people can go back in internet history. I'll put a link in the in, in description for some of the clips because that was that was then how it's, it was done. And to your point with the storytelling, there is a, the, the end of all the campaign work was an actual ad, which conveyed all these messages in a little TV clip where I think an industrial robot plays with a doll, uh, with, a, with a puppet dog or whatever, right? The, the mm -hmm. robot manufactures first a wooden dog and then the two of them team up and redesign the dog as a robot dog that can actually fly. I'm, you have to be the judge of how great a story it was, but I thought it was quite okay. <laughs> uh, I'm biased, of course. Uh, so that might be a good example for for a big firm, say. And then we have a small firm to call out. Should I touch that? Upon yeah, yeah, go for it. So there's a firm which I have nothing to do with. I just stumbled about their great stuff on LinkedIn. It's They're called Treacle. Their website is treacle.agency, and they're a consultancy that is specialized in positioning advertising agencies. And I recommend people go on their website, and you can just be your own judge of how outcome-driven contextualized and specific their stuff is because I would give them 10 of 10 across the board. Um, storytelling, I had, I yeah, maybe there's some of it in the way they present it. We can get back to that, but but maybe that's not their super strong point. But then, I mean, they're tiny, right? I think they're, I might mm -hmm. get this wrong, but I think they're a 10 person shop or whatever. So you won't see them pr produce an Apple style TV ad. That wouldn't make sense for them, but still very nice application of the principles we laid out. So maybe that helps people to understand how, yeah, we do a very good job at communicating value. Okay. okay. Do we want to get into the work we mentioned that's that's required? Yes, we have I think this is exactly so many, where we... So many tips in this episode, man. We should charge for this. Just kidding. So so how do you do this? How do you get to something like Industry X has or Trico has? Where would you start? I think you need to start with the client first. You need yeah. to like interview them or rather you need to speak with them and find out what made them pick you and how did they find you and when did you actually spring on their radar? Now, if you're a humongous company, it doesn't really matter unless you're talking about a very specific service, a very specific kind of solution, then yes. Yeah. But if you're a small firm, a lot of this really does matter. Yeah. And uh, uh, hold on. Actually, I do nothing wanna, to add. Yeah, refrain, I do want to reframe that saying when you're a large company, most likely when a new service is being created or a new solution is there, the people who do the account management usually talk about it. So internal awareness to that group is what's more important there first. Yeah. Nothing to add. I'll just reinforce it. Yeah. For you to, we said it at the beginning, value is subjective. So for you to communicate it effectively to the outside group of the firm, you have to understand what people think is valuable and you find that out by talking to, to existing clients and asking them why they hired you. And I really like to point about the talking there. I think that's important. Actual conversations, I typically recommend six to eight. I, uh, I think not I surveys, also... not polls, no, yeah. no CSAT scores. No, sitting down with people, having conversations, because that gives you all the signals and the input you would not even think about when putting together a survey, right? So that's where so, the real quality yes. of insight comes from. 
<clears throat> I do want to say that if you can't speak with the clients, which can also be possible, especially you're in larger firms, speak with the account management teams because they are consistently speaking with the client. Good proxy, but I often find that there's yeah. there's bias. I mean, if the they data. are, if yeah. If, yeah. And the problem there is that they will have the fallacy. They will assume things. And I, I don't know if it's a Peter Drucker quote, but I'll just attribute it to him where he says, the customer rarely buys your stuff for the reasons you, you think you they assume. Yeah. Okay, I completely butchered that quote, but that's the issue. That's why we recommend talking to people. And I think then, obviously, the next step is to find patterns in this because you ask them, right? What, what were you struggling with when you started to looking for a service provider? Why did you hire us how did you do all these things and then you brief a copywriter so they can update your messages there we go that's the practical piece all right bit of a shortcut there and you then and this is where i get back to the tree collections i really recommend people review their website because this is essentially their homepage is a template for how your consultancy should build service pages and i mean the messaging alone not the design yeah. that's you're free to choose there but what you then do is once you have the messages back, you put them in an order that follows some proven framework. And I just wanted to shout out and I can, again, put a link to stuff in the show notes or we can have a follow-up episode on it, maybe. You express these messages in long-form copy, for example, in a website or your structure presentation using a framework like the PASTOR framework, which stands for, and you knew this, right? I didn't know the, yeah. the thing, yeah. the acronym, but it's, I really come to like it. It's, it's really good. So PASTOR stands for problem, agitation, solution, transformation, offer, and reply. And what we mean by this is you speak first to the problem they have. You agitate the problem, or I like to think of it more as explaining the implications, or if you will, contextualizing it, right? So, so what does this mean for your business, or why is the problem even relevant? Then you briefly summarize your solution. You describe the transformational journey. So how do you take clients from the problem they have to the mm -hmm. solution? Then you offer... My first step, you know, book a strategy call, get into a workshop, join our webinar next Thursday, whatever it is, and you offer them a way to respond. This is the, that's it. That's been working and true and helpful from the days of coupon advertising in newspapers to today, essentially, digital world. And this will be the last step. So should we reiterate? I don't know. Yeah, I think we can just talk about how can you go about communicating value? So essentially tying it to a quantifiable outcome, yes. making sure that you let people know what's going on. Second thing would be, I would say, is to make sure that you contextualize this. And then I would go into specifying things about like the when, the why, the how, focusing on the outcomes there. And finally, yeah, telling the story. Yeah. Putting all these Thank details on, or the, I think the first three are decisions or input. I, I don't know how to think about it, but then the, the last one is about packaging those, right? That you're, you're exactly right. And they added in the notes. It should be the fourth point. Tell a great story about it. And yeah, let me just quickly recap how you might do this. I'll summarize this very quickly. Speak to your clients and derive some insights. And when you have those, use it to create the messages in the story and yep. be explicitly called out the pastor framework as a very quick and straightforward way to tell a story for lack of a better word yes you can yep. do more and exceptionally creative crazy things if you have time in the budget but that framework will keep you covered for the 80 percent of other cases 
Is that exactly eighty percent yep. of I the think, cases or whatever? Yeah, <clears throat> I think we've got it. Yeah, time for a little bit of self-congratulatory backpatting. I think it was a good episode. So if you have not that. I don't have anything to add for this one. So nice. yeah, all right, good. Thanks everybody for listening. You know, it's, hope you continue to enjoy this and wish you a good remainder of the week, weekend, whatever. Speak to you soon. Thanks for listening to Unbillable Hours. If you want more, tune in next week. You know where to find us. Fuck, I'm trying to stop the recording. I'm clicking all kinds of buttons. All right. <laughs>